Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, welcome back. It's been a tough few weeks, actually. Uh, and yeah, it's, you have to look back, I think, well, it's actually just a couple of years ago. And this is, you know, one of the things I want to talk about this morning is, uh, the recent volatility and people are starting to call now. So I know it, you know, they're starting to be a little bit more worried than they have been in the past few weeks. And, and I, uh, I think there's a, uh, there's a good reason, lots of good reasons for this. I mean, but this is not new. And this is the one thing I, I have to tell you. Everybody, uh, well, not everybody, but the, the people that are panicking right now believe that there's something different about this event, and it's going to make it different. And I got to tell you, what you, you know what it's most similarly to? It's eerily similar to the 1970s. Eerily similar. You know, we had a war going on then that we were directly involved in, not supporting somebody else who's fight, doing the fighting. Uh, I'd prefer the second, by the way, that way, you know, uh, somebody else is, uh, uh, taking, doing the, the hardest, the heaviest lifting. It is their country after all, but the, uh, but we're helping them. And back in, you know, the seventies and the late sixties, we were fighting a war in Vietnam and we were spending a lot of money and you might've heard of a program, uh, a, a government program. It's fairly popular. It's called Medicare. Medicare came out in the late 1960s, and they just printed up the money to pay for it. Uh, it's a, <laughs> you had uh, extremely high inflation in the in the 1970s. A large part of it was part of the Medicare program, and the fact that we'd been fighting a war for uh, several years in a row, uh, and you know, very, very, very similar to what you're seeing today. And I just wonder if the Fed is going to continue to raise interest rates. If you are looking at fixed income, we're going to talk specifically about that a little bit later in today's show. But I, I'm, I have some alternatives for you that I think are good given the current market environment that we're in. And uh, so we'll talk about that. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I read this stuff and I was talking to a, a person who they call them internal wholesalers. Okay. An internal wholesaler works for a financial firm, a, a mutual fund company, or a company that raises money for real estate investment trusts and 
um, mostly they're, they're investment people. And, and typically when I was new in the industry, they, they were very helpful. They were generally older. They're, uh, you know, I was in my 30s. These guys were in their 50s and had been around for a while. Well, now they, they've replaced a lot of these guys with 30-year-olds. And I'm talking to this kid. And, uh, yeah, I can say kid because I'm 59. <laughs> and he's a kid. And this dude is so ill-prepared. I mean, he didn't know. He was he was talking about a fund that was run. It's called a quant fund, a quantitative math and quantitative analysis, by the way. It's just math. And, uh, like, this was all something new. And I'm just like, dude, <laughs> you really need to start reading. And, um what what was really wild is the product's pretty interesting, okay? Because I understand the product better than he does by far. And this is the guy that's sitting on the phone calling people like me trying to sell it. Well, anyway, it was a uh, it was a nice. He, he was a nice kid and well-meaning, you know, as a salesperson. Um, most salespeople are trained by the companies to say what the company wants them to say. You know, that's one of the big... Um, reasons I left that industry and went independent. I didn't want to be influenced anymore by the people whose objectives may not be the same as my clients and expect you to sell stuff anyway. Uh, so that was the, uh, I always resisted that incidentally when I was there and that was always a source of conflict between me and management. Uh, there was the, uh, a fund that came out and I was looking at it and they were pushing this fund to everybody to sell it. And it had a huge first-year hit, 10%. It was a 10% uh, reimbursement to the companies that sold them, and then they would credit the guy that sold it with 5%, and then you got uh, basically 40% of that. But that was a lot larger than a lot of the other things that had come out. And they put the, the, the name Government Securities on the name of the fund. And I'm looking at that, and I'm I'm reading the composition of that. I did one of the things that almost nobody does, including uh, most stockbrokers back in those days, is I actually read the prospectus. <laughs> and when they had this guy from Goldman Sachs coming in, who had a PhD from I don't know one of the Ivy League schools, uh, I was going, "Hey, wait a minute! I just want I just have a question. How are you uh, hedging? You say you you hedge the entire portfolio. How are you hedging the portfolio?" So, oh, well, we're buying uh, options on the futures contracts. Oh, you mean the futures contracts that um, are for government bonds? And he's like, yes. Okay, we're not holding government bonds. <laughs> you guys are not holding government bonds. Oh, but these things act very similarly to the way that uh, government bonds do. Well, I'm going to let you off on that one because we don't have the time for that argument. So, but I'm going to take the next argument and say I have I actually passed the options principles exam. Uh, by the way, one in ten thousand people in my industry ever decides to sit for that because it is rough. <laughs> that is a tough test. And uh, I go and I I know that you cannot hedge the entire portfolio without using a fairly significant amount of the principal. So that principal is not invested, and you're not getting the income off of that. The uh, so uh, uh, he was like, oh well, you know. Then he had to admit that they weren't hedging the entire portfolio, and I was going, wow. So anyway, I didn't sell a lot of that, and I was really not popular uh, with the local management because it, this conversation went on in front of all the producers, <laughs> everybody that was supposed to be marketing that product. And uh, anyway, so that, that's what you're gonna get. <laughs>
um, you got to be careful. You have to be so careful out there. And right now, there are some there are some pretty good short term bond funds. Well, and again, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, right now, it's what's amazing is that you know the market's volatile. No kidding, uh, it's going to stay volatile. Probably, it's been volatile my entire life. In fact, if you go down and look, the only people who are surprised about this volatility are people who haven't studied and haven't done their homework. Okay, when you come in for a, uh, if you want to come in for a meeting, by the way, there's no cost to come in. You can come in and talk about your situation. Um, I'll uh, try to help you the best I can. If, if we do business, great. If not, that's okay, too. Uh, we'll still part friends. But I show everybody a graph of the S&P 500 over the past 20 years. And you'll see that these drops happen fairly frequently. And not small drops, big drops. The small drops, like the 10 to 15%, those are the garden variety. Um, we're just slightly over that right now, not by much. And people are starting to get a little upset. Those typically ha have averaged, uh, I mean, the, the, what am I looking for here? The frequency of occurrence is like 10 to 18 months. Every 10 to 18 months since I've been in the industry, uh, the market has typically dropped 10 to 15 percent and it scares people, you know, it, it, and it is scary. You see your portfolio, you know, if it's at a million dollars and you're down 150,000 bucks, that's 15 percent. Now, try to tell somebody who doesn't understand percentages really well. Well, it's only 15 percent. It's one hundred and fifty dollars, fifty thousand dollars. And yeah, that's a lot of money. It's 15 percent. Okay, and uh, uh, if it were a hundred bucks and it's down fifteen dollars, yeah, it's only fifteen dollars. Yes, it's still fifteen percent. <laughs> that hundred dollar investment is going to have to go back up the same speed the uh, hundred thousand dollar investment or the million dollar investment is going to have to go back up by. So that would be one thing that I would, uh, and, and I don't mean to make too light of this, and I hope it didn't offend anybody. If you did, if I did, you know, I apologize. But here's what you got to do. You have to think in terms of percentages. If you don't, if you want to stay calm in an environment like this, you've got to think in terms of percentages. Don't look at the dollars that you're down by. That always upsets you. Uh, if you look at the percentages, you go, oh, well, it's, it's only 15%. And the average stock in the New York Stock Exchange has a 50% annual fluctuation. Think about that for a second. And, and by the way, that statistic came from when I first started in this industry almost 30 years ago. So let me ask you a question. Do you think stocks are more volatile today than they were then or less volatile today than they were then? Okay. So the average range was 50% way back then. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, yeah, it, it is more volatile today. Uh, actually, the, the speed is uh, a lot quicker than it used to be. So you might have a stock going up and down in a 50 to 100% range two or three times in a year. Now, your big companies typically don't move that fast. That's why a lot of people like them, because they're slower. By the way, the uh, slower they move, the slower the opportunity. So that's a, uh, that, that's a double-edged sword. But the bottom line is it's why it's so important to understand and, and give yourself methodologies for, for dealing with the volatility. First thing you need to do, First rule, think in terms of percentages, not dollars. 
And I know for a lot of you, because you're so addicted to it, by the way, catastrophizing, catastrophizing over your um, investment portfolio, just like the rest of your life, it's very hard not to do. And you really need to resist that best you can. <laughs> I got about 60 seconds before I, or actually less than that, before I have to go to commercial break. So uh, I'm just going to plug my website. It's Bullington Capital. You can go there and uh, call us if you'd like to or send me an email. I'd be glad to uh, speak with you and about developing a plan. Investing is 95% mental, by the way. It's 5% intellectual. <laughs> and, you know, just like sports. I don't know if you've ever participated in, in a lot of competitive sports. You know, it's uh, 95% what you think you can do and 5% ability. Look at Larry Bird. We can talk about that a little bit more when we come back. This is Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned. I will be right back. Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. I'm also available uh, for phone appointments or in-person appointments. You can go to my website, bullingtoncapital.com, and just fill out a, uh, a questionnaire there, or form, it's not a questionnaire, and request a meeting, and we'll be glad to do it. Because uh, right now, these are these are tough times. And people that have just gotten out of college, they're seeing this stuff. They're, I'm sure they've been if they've been participating in their 401k plan, it's probably been a little depressing over the past few weeks, but the, uh, that's okay. That's part of the deal. I mean, if, if it were super easy, everybody would be doing it and there would be no money in it. <laughs> you couldn't make any money. So, and this is part of what you have to pay as a, uh, I don't know, it's just part of the payment for being financially successful. You know, you're going to have to put up with a lot of ups and downs. You know, Warren Buffett, wealthiest man, well, one of the wealthier men's in the world, uh, yeah, I think he's, he's minimally in the top 10. His company's stock's been down 50% four times. See, how would you like to see the, your biggest holding, the thing you've got almost all your money in, get cut in half? How would you like to have that happen four times in, during your lifetime? See, that's one of the reasons Warren Buffett is Warren Buffett. He didn't give up. So many other people would have, you know, I'm sure they would have run. You look at 
Jeff Bezos. I mean, watching Amazon drop 97%, or was it 93? I'll have to go back and check. Anyway, it was over 90% when the dot-com stocks crashed. You talk about <laughs> having a long-term outlook. You know, that was uh, pretty wild. And the, the biggest difference between now and those time periods is that valuations are pretty high, but they're not obscenely high the way that they were in the late 90s, right up until March of 2000. So we don't have that. The other thing that we have is a uh, long-term economic fundamentally driven um, change that's going on. And when I say fundamentals, I mean we're switching over to electronic devices faster than, you know, it, it's mind-boggling. And incidentally, the, the war has actually sped up a lot of the rollout of a lot of new products, particularly in security. And a lot of the firms that we're dealing with are implementing these things, and it's slowing everything down. And they don't talk about that at all. I mean, I'm looking through the Wall Street Journal every day, looking at the uh, uh, headlines. I have this news service that I use that goes through and pulls out articles that, that people are reading. And it's a, uh, they haven't been talking about it. They haven't been talking about it at all. And it's, that, it's a big deal, but the fact that you know, everything has been running really slow, there's a, uh, uh, there are reasons for that. And a lot of them are, are pretty scary. The, uh, uh, one of the things I've, that's come to my mind lately, and I've just seen several more articles on it, is you can get a um, much more secure Internet. Now, they've always known they could do this kind of stuff, but it was expensive. Well, now they feel like it's worth it, so they're finally rolling it out. And that's how everything goes. You know, I mean, do you realize the fax machine had an, a patent issued for it in 1937? 1937. That was when the first fax machine patent was, was issued. And how long did that take before people knew what one was? You know, it, what was so crazy about that is it would have been so much easier to use that than setting a telegram or letter that might take two or three weeks to get there. And they already had fax machines. I guess a lot of people didn't have phones. And a lot of people still had uh, party lines. But, yeah, if you know what that is, and now I'm really aging myself. The, uh... <laughs> But anyway, a lot of items didn't take off. And, in fact, uh, Thomas Edison had built one of the first working electric cars in the early 1900s. Yeah, I think he built that before World War One. So look how long that took to take hold. That's a... Uh... That's one of the frustrations of trying to pick stocks, by the way. You have a company that's got a product, and it looks like it's going to go big time, and you, it makes perfect sense. And for some reason, uh, the markets decide to that something else is better, and they can't sell many of the products, and the company ends up going away. That's, yeah, that, that's extremely frustrating. There are... Um, alternatives to investing that way. It's one of the reasons that I like using funds that have more than one criteria, like sales, um, profitability. Profitability is a big one. In the long run, it all comes down to sales and profits. If you can't produce a profit sooner or later, you are going away. Sooner or later, those people that invested in that company are going to sell their shares because they just they want to see a profit coming at some point in time. 
and that's the uh, that I keep dig- digressing. I apologize for that. So I, I promise to talk about the fixed income. And here's what I'm going to tell you: if you don't have uh, enough money to buy individual treasuries, now you can typically buy them. Um, I mean, some some banks will sell a thousand dollars worth. Not many. Uh, but if you don't have enough money to buy them, then you need to stick with bond funds that are extremely short-term in nature. Now, they're not going to pay a lot of interest. The interest that they're paying is actually going up, but they're just not going to pay a lot of interest, but it's they're safer. The shorter the time horizon on the bond, the safer it is. Uh, you can, uh, if you buy a bond from GM, I don't, I'm not sure being shorter it would be safer because GM and Ford and all the automobile industries right now, they're, they're suffering. They're suffering big time. But if you were to buy it from a, or buy a CD, which trade like bonds now, or if you bought treasuries, I think you're in pretty good shape. And I think the shorter term ones are, the, I know the uh, big bond funds out there, that that's what they're buying. And uh, if they could, they would snap their fingers and be able to turn their whole portfolio over and, and go right into just treasuries. Uh, they can't really do that, but that's okay. Um, they will over the next 12 months or so. And it's just a safer place to be when interest rates are going up. And I brought in like six different articles that I sent out in my newsletter this week from, uh, they're all economically driven and they were talking about why interest rates are probably going to continue to go higher. And I don't think they have a choice, but at least not now. Uh, I mean, they could, they could just ignore it. That would be extremely highly inflationary, but yeah, it'd make it a little bit worse than it is now. And the stuff that they're doing now is going to cause a lot of volatility in stock prices. But uh, back to uh, the bonds, the bond rates, interest rates on relatively short-term treasuries are over 2%. Now, compare that to uh, CDs. It's hard to find a CD paying two and a half percent or two and a half or more. And if you're looking at a ten-year treasury, it's three percent. So, by the way, you have to keep that for ten years to be guaranteed that you'll get all your money back. When interest rates rise, if you've got a ten-year treasury bond, the price on that bond is probably going to go. So, if interest rates were to go to three point one, the bond that you have paying three percent is going to drop in value, not a ton. But it'll drop uh, enough to go, oh, shoot, well, I don't want to sell it now because you can actually liquidate those at any time. There's no commission. There's no penalty. But you do have to be aware that the prices will fluctuate. Okay, Prices will fluctuate on that. Not a lot. The the shorter term the bond is, the less it's going to fluctuate and the lower the interest rate is. But now you're getting above 2% on a super short-term treasury, like one or two years. That's pretty good relative to what we've had over the past five years. And if rates do start to go higher, when that uh, treasury matures, you can invest it at the higher interest rate. Right now, I think the sweet spot is probably somewhere around two to three years. And the uh, if you can, if ten years is is okay by you, you wouldn't be uh, upset holding it until it matures, because then you're guaranteed to get all your money back. If you don't pay a premium for it, that's another issue. I'm gonna have to do, you know, I'm gonna have to do a seminar just on bonds. Um, treasuries are so important because now they're, they're offering the best risk return of any of the other bonds. And I get people calling me all the time 
trying to get me to sell their funds in fixed income funds. And, and, and again, there are these kids that are calling that have memorized the sales script and, and they have an answer for everything that, uh, for all the objections because they have clever people who have some experience that wrote those scripts. <laughs> and, but you can't ignore, it's like ignoring gravity. You know, if you jump off a, a four story building, you're probably going to get hurt. You know, I don't care. Well, you're going to get hurt. And these guys are looking at this and they're, they're not being aware of that. They're telling them things. Well, yeah, well, we've got it, something that's going to cushion that fall when in fact they really don't because that you, you can't do that in, in bonds. So, and I know this is probably super confusing to an awful lot of people. I apologize about that. Bonds are actually very confusing uh, if you go over it. In fact, bond, the bond market's four times larger than the stock market is. Think about that for a second. People have been, people wanted guarantees from the get-go. And from way hundreds of years ago, bonds were sold. And you had stock too, but bonds were the preferred vehicle. I want to know that you're going to pay me back my principal with the money that I gave to you. And I want interest on that money. And I want to know when I'm going to get my money back. And so it's, it still makes up a huge portion of the uh, uh, financial services industries all over the world. And so there there are a lot of complications depending on the bond. The treasuries are probably some of the simplest to explain, except for those new uh, I-bonds, which, by the way, you can only buy $10,000 worth. You have to buy directly from the Fed. It's not worth your time um, to go through that. And uh, it's they're extremely complicated. And uh, I won't even bother trying to go through that because, you know, it's not going to help too much. But what does help is uh, fixed indexed annuities, short-term treasuries. Those are the two things that I would look at. I haven't talked about fixed indexed annuities to in this show, but I will when we come back from these commercial messages. So this is Bill Bullington. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Stay that way through all life's demands Cause they chip and they nag and they pull at me And every little thing I make up my mind to be Appropriate that song is. Yeah. This is what we want the market to do. Rise up. <laughs> oh, I'll probably get some nasty emails over that comment. But the uh <laughs> But I, it's all a good fun. It's all good. The um no, it's a beautiful song. So anyway, uh that's what we would uh like. And you know what? The uh having you know it, it's so funny 
that you, you actually have to have faith in uh, a lot of things if you want to live a happy uh, or le- and a less stressful life is having a little faith. And when you look at times like these, we've been here before. I mean, we've absolutely been here before. And uh, I don't um, I don't doubt that at some point in time in the future, we'll be back here again. We'll be looking back on these days and there will be the, the, the future 59-year-olds will be looking back and talking about the current 30-year-olds who, who don't know the history. <laughs> and uh, that's just the way the, the world goes. But I, I was just a big fan. And, uh, you know, there the, the ways to get through this, it depends on your age. All right. If you're older, you might want to look for the more guaranteed. You, I'd have like at least 40 or 50% of my money in something that was guaranteed, that the guarantees are fairly strong. A fixed indexed annuity has guarantees. When you look at the amount of income that they will guarantee, right now there's still not another product that will guarantee the same kind of income that you can generate. And the way that these these don't work like a lot of the older ones do, if you were to invest and then die, whatever's remaining in the investment side of the account would go to your beneficiaries now, a long time ago. And actually there are still annuities out there that you can get an even higher return because when the person dies and owns it and is getting the income, the insurance company gets to keep the rest of the money if there is money. So that I'm not super fond of that, um, but if you wanted to maximize the amount of income that you could get with a guarantee, that those are the typically those are the types of products that you'd be looking at. Uh, if you didn't have beneficiaries, then it's fine, you know, and you don't worry about it. You're just more interested in generating as much guaranteed income as you can, then that would be great. And and that's why it's so important today to have uh, somebody you can talk to where you can come in and say, this is what I'd like to do. What are the best ways of accomplishing that? And there are more than one, there, you know, what was the old saying? There's more than one way to skin a cat. I'm not sure what that means. The uh, But uh, other than you have lots of choices, <laughs> and yes, you have a ton of choices when it comes to financial services. So good to go in. And like I said, if you want to call and just talk about it, that's fine. That's actually what I do most of the day. And uh, I talk about various strategies. What are you looking for? What's most important? Uh, do you have money that you want to leave to beneficiaries or, or no? Uh, we work with people's lawyers to set up estate plans and trust accounts. By the way, trust accounts are really interesting. Um, you can name a trust as beneficiary now. On, well, you can always, you've always been able to do that. But the rules for that stuff change like the wind. And it reminds me of the Wild West. I mean, you can put stuff in a trust. And as long as nobody contests it, it could go through. And it might not be <laughs> really the, the best thing or the smartest thing to do. But it's it's pretty wild. So you can, uh, I've seen some amazing things go through a trust that I really had not even thought of. And uh, so that's what's fascinating about my business. People will call in and I'll look into it and I'll call my lawyer friends and say, hey, have you ever heard of this? What about this? And after 30 years, it, you see a lot of stuff. And uh, it's, pre- it's actually pretty neat. It, it really is. Because you can avoid uh, a lot of arguments in your family. You can avoid taxation uh, on assets. There's a, just a ton of different things you can do. And incidentally, when you're working with a financial advisor, uh, you want to make sure that they have 
people in their network that they can talk to about these other items because there's no way one person can keep up with with everything you have to today. I mean, just taxes, uh, estate planning, those two items, big deal. Investment planning, that's a big deal. So those three items, you you need a pretty good financial advisor. You need a good tax uh, consultant. And I would look at using an, an estate planning attorney because, I mean, nothing's simple anymore. It's just mind-boggling how complicated it's all gotten. But um, And anyway, what I was kind of talking about the fixed index annuities. You can get incomes that you won't be able to match on the treasuries, but treasuries are more liquid. You can grab them and run. So it really just without paying a penalty. So uh, you just have to be careful that you're matching up the right products to your needs. And uh, you want somebody that will talk to you about that, lay out all the options, and then let you choose. And that's basically how I run my practice. I try to be the advisor that I would like to have. You tell me what you're looking to do. I'll lay out several ways of getting that done, and then you can pick which one you think is the most accurate or the the, uh, the best for you. Where people tend to struggle is when they want to do something that they can't do. Like, it's impossible to get a 10% return, no risk, and tax-free. That just doesn't exist right now. And uh, not saying that it won't ever re- exist. It doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime real soon. Uh, when I say that, I mean probably for the next 10 years minimally. <laughs> if if inflation stayed as high as it is now, I have no doubt in, in my mind that at some point in time, you'd have a 10% CD. I've seen treasuries that were paying 12 and 15%. And the money markets at one point in time were paying 18%, a savings account. Well, essentially a savings account. Money market is technically, it's a mutual fund that only invests in short-term treasury bills, bonds and notes uh, that are less than you know nine months to maturity. It might even be six months. I'll have to double check that. But the bottom line is it's considered super safe. And the, uh, the funds behind them try to guarantee, I mean, the management firms behind them try to make the funds so that they won't go under a dollar per share. That's their goal. In order to do that, they have to buy really safe short-term stuff, short-term bonds with that. And they pass on the interest to you. And uh, they take a management fee first, but they, you get most of the interest. And you know, I remember my grandmother getting 18% on the 18% on a money market. And by the way, that's why she didn't lock in the uh, the 20-year um 12 and 15% treasuries because she was getting 18% for a short one. And those short-term rates went down and went down a lot. And those long-term rates, those the, the government is obligated to continue to pay that for as long. That's why when I was just talking about the 10-year bond, if rates were to go back down to zero again or near zero, they would still be obligated to pay that 3% no matter what the interest rates dropped to. And uh, so you take a little chance there. Um, there's always a, a give and take in everything you do in life. And uh, you just have to match up your your needs with the current products that are available. And if product changes or times change, uh, how do you make adjustments? Are you going to need to make an adjustment? A lot of people don't need to make adjustments. A lot of people have, have done so well that, you know, they could get by on 1%. And um, that's... That's pretty good. That's that'd be a great place to be if you could get by on one percent. That's pretty wild. Um, I'd only need about a hundred million bucks. <laughs> 
Yes, no, I don't have a hundred million dollars. I can tell you that right now. But the uh, uh, the average person in the, in the average household in this country really needs to make more, even more than three percent. Three percent is a a decent return now, given the other alternatives. But really hard to live on three percent. Okay, you got a million bucks at three percent. That's thirty thousand dollars before taxes. Okay, so yeah. That's why I'm still working. <laughs> well, one of the reasons, other than the fact that it's kind of fun, um, but uh, and I have a lot of clients I really enjoy talking to. I was uh, talking to one of my clients last night. If he's listening to the show, he'll start to giggle. But the uh, he, he called me at seven o'clock, and uh, I picked it up, and uh, we were uh, going back and forth for uh, I don't know, probably thirty minutes. And um, I don't talk to everybody uh, at any time that they call. I try to. But there are times when I just, I can't get to my phone. So if I can pick it up, I will. And that's one of the big differences between Bullington Capital and the other firms out there. When you call me, I answer. (laughs) The big firms, you have no idea who you're talking to. And you have no idea if they know or even care about you. uh, In in fact, most of them can't because they have so many phone calls to uh, to handle each day. I remember, uh, well, you know, I worked at, Fidelity is one of the uh, better firms in my opinion. Actually, they're my largest custodian, one that I use the most. They do a phenomenal job at almost everything. But those guys are, uh, um, they're limited a little bit. Uh, they have to stay within certain guidelines, rightly so. I get it. it they're doing, it's the right thing to do. Uh, we can be slightly more flexible than they can. Uh, and that slightly may make a, a difference at some point in time. Uh, may make a big difference. I don't know. But if I were not doing what I would do, that would be my choice. You know, if, if I weren't here to try to provide that extra service, they would definitely be my choice. And uh, I have another, I've got money at other firms, but uh, Fidelity's got the bigger chunk of it, and I like it. You know, I like it there. It's uh, There's some things that, you know, are they laborious? Yeah, there's there's a lot of labor involved in uh, running. I don't care where you are. There's a lot of labor involved. And uh, we also use a firm called uh, Axos. It used to be E-Trade, and they sold off this division to the world's largest online bank. And they're pretty good, actually. I'm, I'm amazed. And they can do some really sophisticated stuff and make it a lot simpler for us. So I like both of them. Uh, they're both really good custodians. And, and see, when you have a third-party custodian like that, it's safer for you. We're not allowed to take money out of your account unless we have it in writing from you. You give us all the instructions, all the bank instructions, where it's going to go, how much it's going to be, whether or not it's going to be recurring or not. you got to jump through major hoops to get money transferred to your own checking account. <laughs> By the way, that's that's true whether it's with us or if you were going dealing directly with the firm. So having help in getting that stuff set up, that's a big part of what we do, setting up uh, retirement income plans. Hey, I've got these investments. Um, I'm ready to retire now. How do I set all this up? Well, we would help you do all that. We'll take a look at everything you've got, where you're going to take the money from, how much you're going to take there, give you uh, suggestions and guidance on how much you should be taking out. Uh, whether or not that you follow that, that's fine. It's your money. 
but we do have an obligation because we are fiduciaries to say, hey, look, you probably shouldn't take out much more than 4.5% out of that particular account. And by the way, I'm going to use tools from one of the, uh, um, well, actually not from one of them, from the largest asset manager to give you what they estimate as a um, sustainable income plan in retirement. What is my sustainable, what kind of income could I expect to take off of my savings and investments and uh, not run out of money before I pass away? And so those are the, the types of things that, that we'll do for you uh, and uh, work with you to try to try to reach those retirement goals. My, my goal is to make enough money so that I can go take a job at Lowe's. <laughs> I just, you ever been in the inside of a, if, if you work in the, uh, in the, um, trades you know what i'm talking about you like they got everything in there and it's so well and all you know home depot is pretty good too but uh lowe's has that i don't know there, there's just some little difference there and uh, you get in there if you have any my dad used to say when you were a carpenter that uh, sawdust would get into your veins and uh i think that's that's i think that's true because <laughs> i go in and i start looking at stuff before i know it i'm in there an hour <laughs> I came in to get a garbage can. <laughs> yeah. And so my, my board operator says guitar center. Yeah, that, that that's another one. I could, especially in your, your field, I could see that. Yep. It's like the uh, playground for, uh, for people in your industry. And uh, it is cool. I have to stay out of that store, man. It's really expensive. <laughs> I walk out with several hundred dollars worth of stuff when I just came in to look, you know, but uh, yeah. Home Depot, you can buy a $5 bucket and say, yeah, I got something. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so if you, by the way, you can tell I'm not really upset about financial markets. There's a reason for that. And if you'd like to know why I'm getting close to the end of my show, you can always call me and talk about it. Um, worrying about this does not help, by the way. that That's the first reason that you should not. But when you look at what the Fed's doing, the steps that they're taking, they're doing the right things. And the economy's growing, and there are industries that are growing faster than they've ever grown in the history of their industries and in the history of the world. Actually, the semiconductor industry is growing faster than it was during the late 90s when they had huge growth. And there's a, there's a reason for that, and it's an, an underlying reason that's not going away anytime soon. It's that everything is going digital. Um, you look at your, I, I've got an ADT. I had an alarm system put in. It's a computer. I put a computer in my wall. And now I can, you can actually talk to people at ADT through the, its service. And uh, it, it's mind boggling. It actually probably take me a year to figure out how to use all the uh, things that, it, all the bells and whistles that came with it, but uh, minimally a year. And, uh, but that's what, that's my point in my car. My car is just, it's a computer on wheels and it's a GMC. The, uh, it's just mind boggling how, how much this is reaching into all of our lives. And that's not going to stop anytime soon. And I am really glad to see that, that it was Google, Microsoft, and I think it might've been Amazon. There were some other huge players in the technology industry that are going to start to adopt these, um, safety precautions are these uh, systems that will allow you to sign in with with minimal risk of somebody stealing your passwords and user IDs. So anyway, 
Now you're the music. That means the show is definitely over. If you heard anything you'd like to have answered or you have questions on, feel free to go to my website, BullingtonCapital.com. Have a good week, everybody. Good luck. Good investing. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report. Broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC.